Holly. Hey, Dave. How are you feeling today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? I am feeling five star today, Dave. How about you? How are you feeling? Oh, I get that. Five star. That's Texas. That is Texas because we are talking to not a native Texan, but someone who is currently programming a radio station in Dallas, Texas. Benji McPhail is his name, and he is the program director at KXT in Dallas, Texas. He does the morning show. He calls it the morning zoo. It's not the morning zoo. He, it's not a zoo. He does. He's doing the morning shift on KXT, and he's the program director. This is his baby. It's a great radio station that you can find at kxt.org. I always tell Alexa to play that in the mornings. He's a great guy. You're going to learn a lot about him. Dave, you knew him. You brought him to our studios, and yeah. he's fantastic. He is, and you will find that out right now because we are going to go into the songs that Cairo Q played in 1986. We are doing songs 50 to 41, but we talk about other things, and that's where Holly comes in on our YouTube page, <laughs> where they find all our YouTube information, where they find our YouTube channel. So please check out our YouTube channel at What Difference Does It Make Podcast and also on other social media at WDDIM Podcast, where you will find outtakes from this chat with Benji. He's given us a lot of interesting stuff. He's got some great stories. So please check it out. Let's get right into it. This is Benji McPhail on the What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Oh, my God. There he is. Look at that. Another good background. Yeah. <laughs> These are the world's most coasters right now. I haven't uh, pulled a CD out in uh, years. It's uh, crazy. You guys don't get to see my vinyl collection, which is over here. That's that's the fun. So there you go. Hi, good to see everybody. Thanks for joining us on this fine I'm Friday. I've been to this all week. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is my last meeting for today. Oh, nice. So, yeah, this is a, a perfect way to wrap up the meeting, the week as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Let's have some fun. Dave, you might even know Bill Bowker. He was my music director out in California. He used to work at K-Rock in the uh, 70s, mm. and he would tell me stories that were just <laughs> unbelievable. It was like that good, you know, everything you thought radio should be, it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. And you bring those good time vibes to KUT, right? Is that right? Right, right, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So there you go. You're in Dallas. You're, you're I'm home. in Denver. Oh, De um, oh yeah. what the what? <laughs> yeah, I forget. Yeah, yeah. I have not uh, officially moved to Dallas, so oh, okay. uh, I'm doing the commute. In fact, I got in late last night from uh, from Dallas, and uh, I'm splitting my time uh, between there and here. I got the best of both worlds, as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, you prefer you spent a lot of time in Colorado. Yeah, as far as radio goes, I've probably worked here uh, 25 years. Yeah. a while. <laughs> and you spent? Did you did you spend time at KBCO? I did. Yeah, I was okay. there uh, from 92 to 96. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny. I went through four program directors in those four years. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Doug Clifton, Judy McNutt, Mike O'Connor, and then Dave Benson. That's a good roster. Yeah, I know. I learned from some pretty talented people. So uh, you hang around a barber shop long enough, you're going to get a haircut, right? I thought you were going to say you become a barber. <laughs> I've never heard. In this case, I guess I did become a barber, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I've never heard that expression before. <laughs> All right. Maybe that's a Colorado I, thing. It's actually a Dallas thing. Uh, they have some of the best expressions down there. Uh, <laughs> the the funniest one I heard was, uh, you know, is like one of those god awful 114 degree days, right? And our engineering staff is like, man, it's hotter than a hooker's doorknob on nickel night. And I go, 
Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> it sounds Southern. It does, doesn't it? So yeah. you got to deliver it with that, that twang. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, it just doesn't have the same effect. So Right. That's, that is the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, it wouldn't sound genuine, com- genuine coming from uh, Angelinos. Right. Yeah. yeah, so Colorado, Texas. Where, where did Benji start? For, uh, Holly's first question actually is, is Benji your first name? Yeah, uh, no, it's a con- uh, contraction. Uh, my real name is Benjamin. Okay. My grandfather was in the Navy, and he had a buddy in the Navy who went by Benji, and so it was one of those things. Literally, as soon as I I was on this earth, I was Benji. I'll go with Benjamin or Benji, but I won't use Ben. That's nice. too common. <laughs> <laughs> was it always just one name on the air? No, I, I use both first and last name always, on the air. So being from KBCO, there was Ginger and there was Oz. When I was there, I was just Benji. And then uh, when I started doing public radio, I had a, a listener come up and go, are you ever going to tell us your full name? <laughs> and so I just made it a point to include my last name from that point on. You know, I am about as Colorado as you can get. Okay. I uh, was going to the University of Colorado. I was uh, trying to get into the journalism school because I wanted to be a VJ got C's in the weed out classes for the journalism school. And so I went to the dean. This guy's name was uh, Charles Middleton or Chuck Middleton is what he was known as. And I said, uh, hey, all I want to do is be, you know, in radio and turn people on to music. And he goes, he goes, man, this is for uh, TV and print. He goes, go down to the, the community station, KGNU, and volunteer. And I did. And I was on the air within two weeks. So I was a volunteer DJ at the community station throughout college. I ended up getting an, Eng- an English lit degree. And then uh, I started interning at KBCO. And so a month before I graduated, I got hired by KBCO straight out of college. And my last month, this will tell you how long ago it was, I was uh, doing the overnights from midnight to six. And then I'd catch a few hours of sleep and go to finish my classes, you know, uh, at the University of Colorado. I was a mess for a month, and then I just was a DJ after I graduated. So it was kind of, so KGNU, then KBCO, and then I moved to California, and I was in the Bay Area at uh, KRSH. They hired me to be the PD morning guy and everything, and then I missed Colorado, and I came back in 2001 and uh, worked for Colorado Public Radio, and then uh, this really cool Americana station, KCUV, for a while, and that went bankrupt. And uh, yeah, started the Colorado Sound back in uh, 2012 and was working with them uh, until I moved to, to Dallas. Lots so it was owned by Phil Anschutz, the A of AEG Entertainment, right? Right. And we were losing, this was back in 2008, we were losing 125,000 bucks a month. And Phil, even though he's a billionaire, doesn't like to lose any money. (laughs) And so they pulled the plug on, we just went black. It was going into Labor Day weekend, I'll never forget that. They just pulled the plug on this thing and said, uh, you know, thanks for the memories. Here's a two week severance check. And by the way, you're insurance is good for a month and that was it all right so okay did you grow up listening to, to dennis constantine was yeah that, was that your yeah. hero <laughs> uh, i grew up listening to dennis and it, it, it's so funny because uh, he was consulting krsh out in santa rosa and uh, oh. you know he thought i would be the a perfect program director and so he's the one who got me the job in uh, san francisco mm-hmm. uh, so i owe a lot to dennis uh, he and i have been good for, it was weird to go from listener to boss to mentor to you know, friend. And, uh, and we, we still are good friends today, which is kind of funny. I love that. That's great. Great. I know. 
Yeah. Like if you find someone like that in your life in any, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, KBCO back in the days, I mean, uh, it, it was it was such an amazing place. So I was working there with Dennis. Uh, John Bradley was there at the time. Scott Arbo was the assistant music director when, when I started there, to give you some perspective. Yeah, so I, I mean, I you got three of the biggest names in the business that I got to learn radio from when I was this 22-year-old, you know, newbie, which was mind-boggling. You know, I, I soaked it up like a sponge. I did everything I possibly could when I was uh, with those guys. Yeah. And, and what was for you as a kid? Li- did you listen, you were listening to BCO or what, what was your, yeah, like as a teenager, was, was that, I was that kid uh, you were that, okay. who, who <laughs> sought out good radio. And uh, you know that, I mean, I've known I was supposed to be doing this since I was little, 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 this is all I've ever wanted to do, which is, you know, some of the records I've got in here are literally from my, you know, paper route that I would buy with my paper route money and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I've been a consumer of music ever since, and I got lucky. I mean, I was in Boulder, Colorado when KBCO was a free form radio station. That to me is what good radio was. Now that it's radio has become this corporate, just whatever, I'm trying to bring back good radio. That's kind of my mission for right now. Most people under the age of 30 have never heard good radio. They don't know what it sounds like. And, uh, uh, we're, we're trying to bring it back, man, to show you how like-minded people tend to find each other. And I think that's how you and I got to know each other, Dave, was, um, you know, Nico Leone, who is our president and CEO, he used to be the music director at KDHX in St. Louis. He comes from that community radio, free form, let's make a radio show kind of mentality. And uh, yeah, he's running probably the largest news organization in Texas right now. But he wanted to have that kind of a radio station in Dallas. He told me about this opportunity. His favorite expression is, right now, you know, KXT sounds like a uh, a radio station that's run by an NPR station that has a PBS TV station in the building. And he goes, I don't ever want people to think that again. From a programming point of view, I'm like, you're really going to let me do this? And he's like, yes, go. And so I'm a kid in a candy store right now. And, uh, you know, we've just blown that thing apart and we're we're having the time of our lives right now. It's nice having a boss who gets what you're doing and supports what you're doing, which is incredibly rare right now. I've got the best job in in radio as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Are you associated with a college or what uh, can you tell me about? No, we are straight up. uh, Okay. North Texas Broadcasting is who owns us. Um, and it's, it's uh, you know, just a, a nonprofit entity that was established. It, it, it originally was set up as a PBS television station. Then they expanded into uh, radio and were an NPR affiliate. And then in 2010, they bought KXT and uh, turned it into a non-commercial AAA. And this past January, January 3rd, we took over uh, the oldest signal in Texas. By the way, as I look at all those CDs, do you have the first CD you purchased? What? CD I purchased? No, I do have the first album I purchased. Okay, you have the first album. Al- okay. The Clash, give them enough rope. Notice I got Mick Jones to sign this thing too. And it's yeah. funny because uh, I'll just share this. Fun- you know, you, you, they always say never meet your heroes, right? And I got to uh, pick them up at a venue and drive them down. This was at KCUV. And I get to the venue and uh, he's uh, doing sound check and he's doing Oasis covers, right? I'm like, all right, Mick Jones doing Oasis covers. And the manager pulls me aside and he goes, hey, do you got any beer at the radio station? And I'm like, 
I'm sure we could find a beer. And he goes, okay, because uh, that's Mick's only request is that, you know, you have beer for him at the station. I'm like, okay. And there was this weird festival that was happening. It was this uh, local music magazine called the Westward Music Festival. And they gave us a gift basket, and it was sponsored by Coors Light. And so we had a, you know, a six-pack of Coors Light in this gift basket, and it was room temperature. And I go, Mick, I, yeah, I'm sorry, man, but this is all I got. He goes, that's okay. And he just, he just starts chugging this room temperature Coors Light, and he went through three of them before we even got him on the air. And, and so he's been loaded. He's been drinking probably since noon right and uh he's wasted you know does the interview and he's great he's no problem i get him off the air and i go i go mick you're not gonna believe this but the very first record i bought was give him enough rope you know i had a paper route and i saved up my paper route money and i go I, I never really asked this but can you sign he's like oh yeah man and he just starts uh you know autographing everything in sight it was great so <laughs> That's my uh, very first album there, Dave. So I, I love it. I, yeah. And you got a good story out of it. I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're driving back to the venue and he wanted to go to South Park. And I'm like, you know, that's about three hours west of here, uh, Mick. And he's like, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to go see if Cartman and uh, Kyle were up in South Park. Mm -hmm. I would have done it if he didn't have a gig that night. I totally would have taken him to South Park. That would have been fun. We are talking with Benji McPhail from KXT in Dallas, Texas, but the time has come to take a break, and so that is what we are doing right now. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. 
works. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. We're back on the What Difference Does It Make podcast with Benji McPhail chatting about the top songs that K-Rock played in 1986, number 50 to 41. All right. Did you study? Have you studied? Did you? Did you? I did. Did you? I totally did. Nice. I, I mean, I can talk about everything on that list. So right. I love it. Okay. I love someone who does their homework. Where were you in 1986? What was a young Benji McPhail yeah, doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I was a junior at Boulder High School is when this was going on. Perfect. And you were listening to BCO. Yeah, absolutely. These are the songs from KROQ in 1986, and we're doing songs 50 to 41. And number 50 is Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love, the number one song on the pop charts. Where were you on the Robert Palmer and the Addicted to Love as a high schooler? Did you like yeah, this you know, the video? I mean, I, that, that was one of those where, you know, a, a lot of these have that video component to it as well. And we all think of the video for yeah. that song in particular, where you had the, the models in the background just looking bored as can be, you know, <laughs> trying to look like they knew how to play instruments. You know, the song is, a, it's a good song. I mean, you could not not like that song. It's got a good groove. It's got a good beat. And it was just fun. I think the question you were asking was, um, you know, is this song sexy or sexist? And it's both, but I don't think it's really trying to be sexist. In fact, I think it's trying to send a completely different message if you if you really look at it, because he's making fun of the the the, the fashion industry. Yeah. You know, he's got these women who who look beautiful, but they also look bored at the same time. And it's like, 
you know, you really should have things that have a little more depth to them. And I think, you know, he's, he's trying to show, yeah, beauty is, is more than what meets the eye is really what I think the message of that song is. And I think it's easy to be addicted to love when, you know, you're, you're given this image of beautiful women, but at the same time, you know, if that's all you get, it's kind of boring. I really think that's what that song is about. Uh, but regardless of what the video or what the intention of the song is, it's just a good tune. Is this something you play on KXT? Would, would you play this song still? We play Robert Palmer, but we don't play uh, that. We play like Sneak and Sally through the alley. We tr when, 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 you, when you call yourself a music discovery station, you don't want to play the songs that everybody already knows, you know, because they've already discovered, you know, Addicted to Love. So we try to go a little bit deeper, but we will play Robert Palmer. Absolutely. Okay. Conversely, what about like, uh, like, like today, if you were playing a, a hit song that, that everybody knows, like, if, would you, do you play Lizzo or, you know, like a, someone that's everyone, it's a pop song that hit number one and everyone's familiar with it, but still, uh, you know, feel good song. Yeah. Um, so we do play Lizzo. It's funny because um, in Dallas, I can play Lizzo. When I was in Denver, I couldn't play Lizzo. And the reason being, you know, uh, Lizzo was played on five different stations in Denver. And Dallas, I still haven't figured this out. Nobody else was playing her. And I'm like, well, then we should play her. Mm. You know, she needs to be heard on the radio. And so, it, it, you know, that's the beauty of kind of uh, the, the AAA format right now is you can put the right radio station on whatever your market is. So what is working in Los Angeles might not work in Dallas, might not work in New York yeah. City. You create these amazing radio stations based on the community that your station lives in. And so for us, nobody was playing Lizzo. So we're going to play Lizzo. Absolutely. Why wouldn't we? It's a great artist. It's a great song. In Denver, if I were to play Lizzo, they'd be like, man, you're, you're trying to sound like a hot AC, CHR, Jack FM station. And so it would have been suicide to play it in Denver. So Dallas, yes. Denver, no. So what would be the reason that uh, Top 40 in Dallas is not playing Lizzo? I don't know. That's why it's a head scratcher. You know, there are certain artists where uh, I just can't believe uh, aren't get Adele is another one that was not getting airplay. And so we owned Adele. Thank and, you very much. <laughs> we will yeah, I know. It's, it, and for the life of me, I can't answer that question because I don't know. All I know is I was given this gift and I took full, full advantage of it. You know, it's kind of crazy. The holes that are in this market, it's, uh, you know, the... Urban Station is number one, the Country Station is number two, and Classic mm -hmm. Rock is number three. So nobody's really doing the hit stuff. And if it is, it's more in the urban and country environments rather than good singer-songwriters. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it is yeah. interesting, isn't it? And yeah. I keep waiting for the day that changes, but no. knock on wood, it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah. For an NPR station, are you looking uh, do ratings matter to you or are you looking for those uh, for money? <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, members are number one. That's just our bread and butter. It's the people that give money to the radio station that are the most important. But what we've discovered is that when you get members, you get ratings. So the two kind of go hand in hand. And so our last member campaign, we, you know, we're 17,000 over our goal, which in today's economy is a major victory. Right. And as a result, the ratings have also increased. And because of this wide lane and, you know, the gifts that have been given to me in Dallas, 
we just continued to get bigger and bigger. And uh, we just did a rate comparison with all of the non-com music discovery stations in the country. And right now, KXT has the highest cum of any station in the country. So, yeah, we're beating New York. We're beating L.A. We're beating Seattle. We're beating Matt Riley down in Texas. So, <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm pinching myself every time I look at those numbers. So do your happy Congratulations. Dance. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting money, but we need members in order to get the money and, and ratings, you know, the two go hand in hand. So yeah, I mean, word of uh, mouth, word of mouth, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And we're about to start a major marketing campaign too. Oh, nice. We're, you we're have money for that. Started. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Look out. Oh man. Oh, so you, yeah, you're a kid in a candy store. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. That's why I'm in Dallas, not Denver right now. <laughs> I understand. Oh, don't uh, confuse us. Cause you actually are in Denver right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a problem though? What, I mean, just, uh, not, not physically being in the area, but, uh, trying to come across as like, this is, this is my town. Um, yeah. Well, I'm down there enough and I've gotten, you know, every time I'm down there, I, I get to know the listeners and I get to know the venues and I get to know the market. So uh, yeah, the first couple months was a little weird and I didn't even pretend to know the market. I just, you know, was a jukebox basically. And then once you get familiar and can start throwing in those localisms and things like that, it makes it a lot easier and a lot more relatable for the listeners. And, uh, you know, I do sound like I'm actually in Dallas on the radio these days, which is great. I'll, I'll take that. When do we hear you? Oh, I'm the wacky wake up guy. Um, I'm on, uh, yeah, I'm the morning zoo. <laughs> waka, 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 waka. Beer, yeah. beer, beer. The morning guy. zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on uh, 5 to 10 a.m. every Monday through Friday. One of the things that I forgot to mention when we were talking is uh, I did run a satellite radio network at one point in my career. And I had uh, 18 affiliates from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, all the way to Maui, Hawaii. And we had to cut individual breaks for all mm. 18 of those stations, four breaks an hour. So mm. I was doing 72 breaks an hour, you know, across the country uh, for four hours a day. And that, I mean, I had a sweat, you know, but, you know, when you would give the weather in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and then give the weather for Palm Desert, California, it was <laughs> remarkably different. Um, <laughs> so that's how I actually learned how to, you know, be a part of a yeah. market without being a part of the market, you know, Very which nice. was crazy. It was, it was a, that was boot camp for a radio. Number 49, the psychedelic furs heartbreak beat. I'm a heartbreak beat. Like Furs fan, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, KXT presenting Psychedelic Furs at House of Blues in Dallas. You know, it's funny, though. When I think of Psychedelic Furs, I think of Ghost in You. I, I was really surprised, uh, you know, from uh, everything that you guys sent me, that um, that was their biggest hit in the United States. It just doesn't seem like that should be the one of all the... Of, the psychedelic first catalog. I was surprised that that one had the biggest impact. Totally agree with you. If you go to the show, you'll you'll hear those songs. It's it's great when you, like, oh yeah, that was a great hit, and that was a great hit. I mean, they it's just one after another. Like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this. And yeah, that's one of those bands that you don't realize how much you like them until you do see them in concert. Right. It was such a rich era of great music. That's why the the list that uh, you, you guys provided is. Talk about a, a nice stroll down memory lane. Holy moly. Right. Uh, right. There's, there's good tunes on there. That's, that's for sure. That's one reason we do it. Yeah. But there's also new music. And um, uh, Richard Butler has uh, co wrote a song with Martin Gore, uh, the new Depeche Mode song, Ghosts Again. Is that something that uh, KXT looks at and plays? And where's we Depeche Mode? Immediately. Yeah. Um, we had it into medium rotation. We skipped light and went right to medium. And, uh, you know, we're just trying not to kill it before their show in October. I got to tell you, we we already have tickets for for their show in Dallas. And when I let uh, my staff know, it was a collective. How many tickets can I get? I mean, people are going to be fighting over these things. I can't believe that, you know, this many years into their career, they still have that kind of people lose their minds over this band. Wasted feelings, broken meanings, timing. a weird song for them the, the new one but for depeche mode songs it doesn't matter it's depeche mode and it's good so don't argue with me about that and uh i love seeing people that are that passionate about music and i think um you know richard butler played a big part in this new song and uh i'm not surprised that it got that kind of reaction he's a great songwriter you're right i mean depeche mode fans are Passionate, crazy passionate. You know, when I think of Depeche Mode, I think of, you know, the people are people and just can't get enough and mm -hmm. those those kind of tunes. And this one's more in that, you know, never let me down kind of period. Mm -hmm. It's still good, but, you know, I like that early, you know, get out on the dance floor uh, Depeche Mode. <laughs> and this one, uh, it'd be a little challenging to dance to, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll be sitting down during this one. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'll put the lighter away. Won't won't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. um, but that begs the question: Does the artist matter or the song matter? What comes first? Like if uh, you know, there's there's a new song by the Rolling Stones. Do you play that automatically, or is it just I want to look at the song? This is a great song. We got to play this. Personally speaking, um, there are artists that I wanted to play because I like them, and they just delivered 
terrible music. Bob Dylan, and I'll, I'll, I'll use him as, as an example. He hasn't delivered a good record in a long time now, and and that breaks my heart. Hey, I'm Dylan, sorry. Right? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I won't, add, nobody gets a hall pass is what I'm saying, I... uh, at least in my opinion. And there've been, you know, Paul McCartney is the same way. Uh, there've been times when he's done good records and there's not so good records. So really yeah i i would say it's the music first and sometimes you'll give a, a an artist a hall pass because people do want to hear the new paul mccartney so you might put it into a new music feature or at least let people hear it uh but if it's a bad song it's not worth the risk to have people change the channel you know listeners are too valuable because they may not come back if they think you're playing crappy music they may not give you another chance i hear you good thing you didn't go to the dylan show then because he just he played everything from rough and rowdy ways and nothing just like a, a couple classic songs yeah. uh, it's bob <laughs> it's bob all right so let's talk about another uh great band that apparently you you still have uh affection for this is the fix number 48 the fix <laughs> secret yeah. separation band that at the end of the day they really should be bigger than they are and I, I don't know why that's not the case I mean I think they should be in the same sentence as the Depeche Modes and the Cures and all of those great 80s bands they still get mentioned but they they seem to you know they get the B plus instead of the A mm. you know Cy Kernan I, I've, I've had a chance to interview him and talk with him and he is one of the nicest most thoughtful human beings in the world even today, they still tour and they're still fun in concert. You know, you know every lyric to every song you're singing along to Red Skies at Night. And when this tour was happening, during my lunch break at Boulder High School, we snuck up to uh, the University of Colorado and they were playing Mackey Auditorium on the campus. And we found an open back door and got to go see the sound check for that secret separation tour. I was like, kept thinking I was going to get thrown out of the building, but they never discovered us hanging out in the balcony. And so we got the whole sound check. You know, it was a great soundtrack. I wish I had uh, tickets for the show, but it was a sold out show that night. That secret separation tour was a good one. And it had hit after hit after hit. If you go see them today, you will not be disappointed. They always put on a good show. So I, I love that band. Some people get the breaks and some people don't. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, they didn't, but they were deserving. They really were. And, and when you can sneak into a, an auditorium, yeah, <laughs> like just punk punk kids. Yeah. just Oh, I know. Yeah. It was me and my friend, Brian Albright. Yeah. And he's now the head vinyl buyer at a record store here in town. So, you know, obviously we, we love music then. We love music uh, now. So it's all good. Oh, man. That's great. Are you, are you still a vinyl buyer? Oh, yeah. I got the new uh, Del Water Gap just yesterday. That's what I've been listening was listening to earlier this morning. So nice. there you go. Yeah, I buy vinyl all the time. 
Number 47. This is the reason we do this because these are songs that time forgot. This is the band is called Real Life. The song is Babies. It's written by Holly Knight, Michael DeBar, and Mike Chapman, three heavyweights. But this band from Australia it's called Babies, not The Babies. Babies, B-A, or no, I'm sorry, it's called Real Life. I keep getting confused about this, but yeah. This the band a, is Real Life. Yeah, so a band from Australia. They did have another small hit called Send Me an Angel. I don't know if you remember that one. That one but, I play. I actually play that on KXT. That's uh, definitely okay. a spice song for us. But Babies never quite resonated you know and and uh i I watched the video for this that is a riot i don't know if you guys (laughs) looked at it man oh my god (laughs) those hairstyles are awesome i mean they they got the leather jackets and the funny thing is you know there's the female vocalist on there who i'm guessing is holly knight but the female's not on the video so it's like it's a bunch of dudes in leather jackets with the best haircuts you'll ever see and there you hear this woman coming out of nowhere it's like what but uh, yeah, that's a great video. But uh, they had the song, you know, it, it never resonated with me. But yeah. uh, Send Me an Angel, I, I still think that's a great song and uh, catchy as can be. Yeah, I agree. It was like Mad Max. Do you, uh, were you a Mad Max fan? Is that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they, I don't know what, uh, there were a number of videos we saw that had that look like the, yeah. like, t- yeah. you know, the <laughs> Tina Turner, like, uh, and the, yeah. you know, Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. that was the time because Beyond Thunderdome was 85. And so, I, you know, I think that's yeah. like this worked in the movies. Let's try a video. It was a good look. It was a good look for the time, not knowing uh, that we would look back on it now and go, that is so 80s. Yeah, yeah. It, it is indeed. All right. But we keep moving. Number 46, Talking Heads, Puzzling Evidence. Talking Heads, we're doing this movie. It's I, I know everyone plays old Talking Heads. Do you guys play like 
true stories yeah. type talking heads, like something like this? You know, the only thing we play from true stories is Wild Wild Life. That's the one that seems like it's the most talking head song. Somewhere around here, I've got that album. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, you know. <laughs> by the way, how do you organize your CDs? Oh, it's easy. Oh, it's easy. Medical by artist and then soundtracks and compilations in the back. And box sets in the uh, way back. Oh, so. simple. Okay, of course. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but is it set between artists? Uh, is it by time frame or is it by era? Yeah, that would be overly ambitious. So no, it's just by artist and it's random. Okay. So, you know, you might get early stones next to late stones and, you know, anything in between. Mm -hmm. Okay. As long as they're in the same area and you can find it uh, relatively quick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. I could get it in a, in, in a moment. But yeah, as far as, I mean, we play all Talking Heads. I think we have at least something from every one of their albums in rotation in some way, shape, or form. Uh, that's a band that really can do no wrong. And then, you know, that continues with David Byrne's solo career. We'll even do like uh, Jerry Harrison, uh, Rev It Up and Tom Tom Club, Genius of Love, and Rappy Wordings, and all that stuff. So, you know, we love all things Talking Heads at KXT. How about that? How about that? How about Love and Rockets, number 45? The song is Kundalini Express. Did I say that right, Holly? I know I, I always mess up the words, but... Kundalini Express, but Kundalini. it's funny. In the song, they say Express Kundalini. You're close enough. Close enough. I'm never getting right. <laughs> you are disintegrating. the great thing about that song i mean is it's just good straight ahead rock and roll i mean it just hits you like a ton of bricks and gets your attention right from the get-go and does not let go mm -hmm. i mean when you get into that song you're in for the ride you know that's one of those that's uh, in my workout mix if i'm gonna work out that's a song i want playing in my earbuds of these 10 songs that's that's probably my favorite one that right. uh is on this list. You know, that album in particular is just loaded mm. with good stuff. And uh, that song, every time I hear it, I mean, I could listen to 50 times in a row and I wouldn't <laughs> get bored with it. It's a great song. Love that passion. Okay, number 44, OMD, Forever Live and Die. I never Oh. 
you must love this song. I do. <laughs> and it's a guilty pleasure. I mean, it's but not. I hate saying guilty pleasure because yeah. everybody I know likes this. Song. Right, so, right. You know, what are you ashamed of? It's a great song. And uh, it's so yeah. catchy. I mean, you can't not sing along to this song. You really can't. Even if you've never heard it, you're going to figure it out in about the first verse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, and th- if that doesn't tell you it's a great song, I don't know what does. If, if you get people singing along after the first verse, mission accomplished. Well done, OMD. Yeah, that's a fun, fun tune. Dave, do you like your yeah, your Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it is kind of like a put your light in the air and just kind of back and forth it, it, it yeah and the great melody like you said you know the radio guy loves it because you know it's it's all about the melody and that hook and i say the title and you hear the melody immediately yeah mm-hmm. like i that. actually think I, i'm letting you in on a secret i'm when we record our next valentine's day special i'm adding this song to to my picks oh look at that so you don't agree with uh andy mccluskey did not like this version of omd apparently too bad yeah <laughs> I, I mean. You know, it's kind of like uh, if you're a fan of the Goo Goo Dolls, you know that they <laughs> have so many better songs than, you know, Iris and uh, mm-hmm. all these other tunes. And, you know, every now and then you just stumble into a, a song that you didn't expect. Simple Minds is kind of the same way. They didn't even want to record Don't You Forget About Me, and they <laughs> did, and it turned out to be the song everybody knows them for. Love it, hate it. I mean, just acknowledge it's a good song and move on. You got you you to listen to the people. Dumb luck your way into a hit song. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, yeah. Sometimes you do have to listen to the people. I w- I've been listening to uh, Bono's memoir, and he said initially, like, they recorded one, and he's like, ah, this is too commercial. <sighs> this is not, this is not a U2 song. And then it, it was one of his friends who said, oh, fuck, no, you have to play. This is your single. This is the song. You can't, there's nothing wrong with pop songs. You must play a pop song. Yeah. You can, you too can play pop songs. And so fortunately yeah. that was, uh, that was recorded. Their so, library's bright enough that they can do some good pop songs. Yes. All right. So uh, let's move to number 43, the Blow Monkeys, Digging Your Scene. I just got your message, baby. It's a sign to see you fade away. Okay, so you have some thoughts on this. Tell me. <laughs> I mean, you know, th- there was that period where that was the style. When I heard this, I, I was reminded of the band ABC. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ABC, did that sound a little bit better than the Blow Monkeys? This is just my opinion. The thing I like about this song is it does have a, a, a message behind it. You know, there's a lot more than meets the eye when you look at this song. And from a historical point of view and knowing what the song is about, it's an important song. So I'm not surprised it's this high on the list. I think there's better songs in that that uh, are more my taste. But this one, you know, the message, I think, is really what uh, is important about the song. 
And so knowing that, you know, it's written, you know, about the HIV AIDS crisis that was going on at, I mean, it was the height of that thing. And he's talking about it and being blunt is is pretty powerful when you, when you look at it in those terms. And uh, for that reason alone, it should be considered an important piece of work. Okay. So you're touching on lyrics. Does that matter to you? If there's something lyrically that might be dividing some political message that would you shy away from something like that? Never. And I'll, I'll tell you why, you know, I'm not the one saying it. I'm just putting the message out there. I said, as I always like to say, our listeners are smart enough to think for themselves and we are neither endorsing nor opposing any message period. We're just putting out, if it's a good song, we're going to share it with you. That's it. No political agenda attached whatsoever. And there are a lot of great songs that have a political agenda. I mean, you can go back to, you know, Stevie Wonder, You Ain't Done Nothing, written about Nixon in the White House. <laughs> I'm not saying, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder's right and Nixon's evil. I'm just putting a good song out there. So you, same thing with this. People can figure it out. And uh, uh, listeners to my kind of radio station are smart enough to figure it out. I'll let them form their own opinions. And yeah, there's times when people have been like, are you really, you know, what are you guys saying by putting this on the radio? We're not saying anything. We're just playing good music, really. I think it's sad that there are programmers who take an, uh, a, a stance saying we shouldn't play a song because it's got controversial lyrics. But, you know, that's their side of the street. I, I'm only responsible for my side of the street. And as long as I come in knowing that my mission is simply to play the best music that's available, uh, mission accomplished. Makes me happy to hear that. There you go. You're making two people very happy. Good. Thanks, Benji. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Benji. No, you, when you think about it, I mean, music really is the original newspaper. People didn't have, you know, uh, ways to learn about things. But, you, you know, you, you go back to the, the fields in Mississippi and Alan Lomax going in and recording and people were talking about, you know, what happened in the world, what was going on, you know, the floods of 1927, the labor strikes, the things like that. It wasn't through the printed page or the media. It was through songs and it was through music. And it's important that that kind of communication still be a part of what we do today. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so number 42, Depeche Mode, A Question of Time. We already know we love Depeche Mode. Do uh, A Question of Time, uh, a question of whether you like this song or not. How do you feel about this one? I mean, it's a fun, it's a crowd pleaser. It's interesting that if you're looking at the big collected works of Depeche Mode, this is definitely an under-the-radar song. It's funny because it was written right around the same time of uh, Question of Lust, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they had a lot of questions, apparently, at that point <laughs> in their career, and I'm not sure what they were trying to ask, but all I know is we got a bunch of good music out of it, yeah. so... Uh, inquiring minds uh, are good for Depeche Mode, apparently. So th this is one that, yeah, if you were to go to that concert in Los Angeles or Dallas and they played this, I think everybody would be like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe they're playing Question of Time. 
and uh, you'd, you'd think you were being treated to uh, something special if that were to be played today. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that uh, I love radio because we will throw those curveballs out every now and then. And, uh, you know, you can always play the hits. But what about the ones that are, you know, deep tracks on the yeah. album? And kudos to K-Rock for being ahead of the curve and, and recognizing that this is a good song. So, you know, I was happy to see it at number 42 on that list. Where was Depeche Mode in Colorado in 86? Was it something that you were interested in? That uh, Did they play big arenas? You know? Yeah, I mean, no, Depeche Mode is, I'm a, I, I came to the party late with that band. I mean, you know, you got to understand this, this is when I was 16, 17 years old, right? And so, you know, my go-to bands were, believe it or not, I was a big fan of The Clash at the time. I was a fan of Tom Waits. And, uh, you know, that's that was the kind of stuff I was into, you know, uh, the hard rock and roll. Uh, we were rocking out to run DMC and things like that. So Depeche Mode was what the goth girls, you know, that smoked on Cancer Hill listened to. And, you know, we didn't That's want to be a part. part of that scene. So Holly, yeah. Holly, Holly. <laughs> yeah, it was me. It was yeah. me. Good for you. All right. Well, I, I did. I, I straddled the line because I did the whole rock and roll thing. And I also did the whole like I was like a mod poser. Yeah, all- you know, and it's funny because uh, if I were to go back in time, I'd probably want to hang out with the kids on Cancer Hill smoking cigarettes listening to Depeche Mode instead of drinking crappy PBR, you know, and listening to the Ramones. So, um, uh, although I think there's room for both, you know, and uh, that's the beauty. I, I mean, I like it all. If yeah. it's good, it's good, right? So Now we know there's room for both. I don't, right. you know? I don't... at the time, right, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. Pick your poison. You want to you want to hang out on Cancer Hill still? Is that the... <laughs> I didn't say I'd smoke, but I'd hang out there. <laughs> it was about the girls that were hanging out there and the music exactly. they were listening yeah. to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's what experience. T- <laughs> yeah. If only we knew then what we know now. Exactly. Uh, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. But yeah, no, they were a big part of the, the music scene here. I mean, uh, how could they not be? There's a great story about Dave Gahan getting arrested in, in the Brown Palace in downtown Denver being naked and running through the hotel. So we love Depeche Mode in Colorado. Absolutely. It's that high altitude. That's what affects everyone, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> I think it was more than that, but. Uh... Well, man. the high something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was high involved. We talk about local bands. Number 41, Oingo Boingo, Not My Slave. This is the second of three songs from 1986 from Oingo Boingo, a huge band on K-Rock in Los Angeles, huge band in 91X in San Diego. Uh, I don't know, on BCO. Had you ever heard? I mean, you probably knew. Yeah. Uh, well, like, like I said, you know, BCO, man, was a, uh, and there was another, it was a really cool underground station called KFML for a while. 
And that would play the really wild stuff. And so when Oingo Boingo came out, you know, I, I fell in love with them immediately. But it wasn't the what I would call the novelty Oingo Boingo, the weird science and dead man party was, you know, only a lad in the in the upbeat, just almost ska jazz thing that they did. It was just ferocious music that mm-hmm. nobody had ever heard before. And, and you know, being an impressionable kid, you're like, what is this? Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued. I got a chance to meet Danny Elfman at KBCO and talk about somebody who's just in their head. This guy was beyond smart. And uh, talking to him, he, you know, we were, we were playing the single. I can't remember what the single was at the time. And he was, uh, he goes, hey, didn't you get the EP Pro with the alternate remix of this da 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 and we did, but we threw it in the pitch pile. And, and so, uh, you know, I've never seen an artist get more offended that we didn't listen to all of the uh, remixed versions of the single that they sent us because he he took pride in every single thing he did. He put all of his energy and all of his efforts into it. And it, that's the beauty of Oingo Boingo. This is a complete band. Stylistically, they're cool lyrically they're cool tight as any band you'll ever hear i mean these guys have everything going on they should have been huge but they just you know they were ahead of their time i think that was what drove elfman to do soundtracks because he just couldn't put that much effort in and not see a return on on his energy all right so your music discovery uh bands may would you play like a oingo boingo song would you play not my slave um not my slave i mean i still look at stuff that you know at least had or has had an impact and you know at least in dallas it never had an impact but that doesn't mean i can't introduce people to it now we do play oingo boingo and we do play you know like stay and only a lad and the stuff like that a little bit of the more fringy material you know we'll, we will play you know dead man's party on halloween because i think it's a law right yeah that will always have a home and you know the deeper stuff we're putting it out there and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't because you know we do have a a sound that we do go to so it's really consistent and to throw something in that's a little bit oddball will either work great or fail miserably. And so we will do it occasionally. And when it works, we keep doing it. And when it doesn't, we end the experiment immediately. Do you research? How do you know if it works or it doesn't work? Yeah, it's usually listeners. There are two artists that I'm like, I've never seen listeners react stronger. First one is Frank Zappa. Every time we will put a Frank Zappa song on, I will get at least three emails from people going, oh my God, I can't believe you played Peaches in Regalia. You know, and so that kind of passion and when people discover a radio station that will play that, they're not going anywhere. So we're going to keep playing Frank Zappa. The other one, believe it or not, is uh, Tommy Bolin. And uh, Tommy Bolin used to play with the James Gang and, uh, you know, had a solo career. Anytime we would put on a Tommy Bolin record, people would freak out. And so, okay, I'll put Bustin' Out for Rosie on. Yeah, why not? And people freak out over it. it. And it sounds as good today as it did back in 1974. It really does. In my 
So when I get that kind of reaction and, uh, you know, recently we did, we had that with um, Sinead O'Connor. Somebody was like, I will never change the dial. You just played Mandinka from Sinead O'Connor. We know when we hit a home run. Oftentimes it's just our ears that'll tell us what, because we did play a Frank Zappa song that he recorded in, in Texas and it sounded like shit. And so, yeah, we won't be playing that tune again. So you got to trust your gut and your ears, but also when people let you know, they will really let you know. All but right. I do look at research. I'll, I'll look at other stations around the country and chances are if three stations like Matt Riley at KUTX or, you know, The Current or, you know, a station like that, if they're playing it, then I know it's probably going to sound good in Dallas, too. So I do keep an eye on other people and uh, I'll look at their deep cuts just to see if they played it. And if all three are playing it, it's on the air. It's as easy as that. Um, we did it. Uh, continue. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you sound surprised, Dave. No. <laughs> yeah. Keep following your gut. It seems to be working for you. It so, does. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this. Uh, yeah. It's wonderful. Well, like I said, this is uh, I, I've been looking forward to it all week, and uh, the, it was the perfect way to wrap things up. I thank think you, and thank you for spending so much time with us. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, anytime you need anything, uh, just give a holler. I'm happy to do it. So. Uh, I may well, just you know, do that. When, when we're on our way to Red Rocks. Yes. We'll have a party out on the rocks. I love that. Oh, cool. there you go. All right. Take care. Everybody. Yeah. Great to see your face. Thanks, Benji. Benji. Good to see Good you, to man. See you All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Holly, another 10 song chunk of songs. what do you think of this 10 songs? I guess, that, what do they say? As the numbers get lower, what's the saying? The saying is the smaller the number, the bigger the hit. Okay, well, I guess I this is a variation of that because I'm enjoying, I find with every 10 song chunk, I'm enjoying more of the songs. And I totally loved these songs. A lot of fun to revisit. Uh, how about you? How do you feel about it? I loved it. I loved revisiting it with Benji. He was wonderful. A great guest and not uh, shy to share an opinion or two on this music. <laughs> and also learned a little bit about KXT, which is in Dallas, Texas, and worth listening to. I recommend it, kxt.org. Check it out. Ask Alexa. A- ask your smart speaker to play it. Yeah, yeah he was great. He's really knowledgeable about the music. Fun, you know, good stories. And also made a stop at many of our other guests have stopped at KBCO in Boulder slash Denver, Colorado. Uh, he was delightful. So talked with Benji for a long time. And uh, it's a shame that I have to chop it up. Uh, is this lost through time, Holly? And we never find any of this material ever again. Oh, that is not the case, Dave. Let me tell you, if you visit our YouTube channel at What Difference Does It Make Podcast, you will find outtakes from this interview with Benji and you can see us all and you can see how we react to each other and get all the visuals. We'll post them on our social media at WDDIM Podcast. You could tell Alexa to play the What Difference Does It Make Podcast and they will do that and she will do that or uh, sometimes you said it for Maybe they, they will do that. They will do that. What is, yeah, I don't know what uh, Alexa's pronouns are. And also, please subscribe. WDDIMpodcast.com is our website. We have new episodes every single Friday. A new episode. There's a new episode next Friday. I'm so excited. And the Friday after that. And the Friday after that. And there was one last Friday. It's never ending. It just just (laughs) keeps... It's like Newman in the mail. It just keeps coming. (laughs) On that note. Okay. All right. So... Uh, Until next week, until next Friday, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.